Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. I take two. country is divided now more than ever. Tensions are high. Violence that should have never happened occurred in our U.S. Capitol. At a time when we need a peaceful transition, people are now concerned about more violence. Thankfully, President Trump last night gave a presidential speech in which he spoke to the nation about having peace, having a smooth transition, and calling out the violent rioters that invaded the nation's capital. Good for Donald Trump. Good for our president. 24 hours late, but he did it. So what have uh, Joe Biden, our president-elect, Vice President Kamala Harris, our vice president-elect, Chuck Schumer, the new majority leader, and Nancy Pelosi done to try to unite our nation and bring down the tensions? They, too, have done everything wrong during the last 24 hours. They piled on. They played politics with the riots by extremists. Riots which resulted in one now police officer dying. Riots which resulted in a veteran being killed who was unarmed, but she disobeyed orders from authority time and time again. And the person who shot The veteran was trying to defend, I think, himself and elected officials and staff from rioters who were not obeying the law. So what's Nancy Pelosi do? Nancy Pelosi gives a very heated speech and threat saying, if you do not enact the 25th Amendment, we will impeach. Instead of bringing down the tensions, she raised the tensions through a threat. The exact same thing that Donald Trump did, basically, to Mike Pence, which was wrong. But no one's calling out Nancy Pelosi. I am. Nancy Pelosi went too far. She didn't take a breath and show leadership and show, let's calm down the tensions Let's ask the president to calm down, which he now has, and let's get through this next week and a half until the swearing-in ceremonies to ensure that we have a peaceful transition. No more threats from Nancy Pelosi. Chuck Schumer did the same thing. He's getting arrogant with power 
since the Georgia election. All of a sudden, he thinks that he can do whatever he wants, regardless of the tension and the division of our country, without looking at the total big picture. Chuck Schumer, it's time to get some maturity now that you're in the majority and not the minority. Vice President Kamala Harris, elect Kamala Harris, and President-elect Joe Biden. Your speeches were horrible yesterday. You threw in a hypothetical racial situation for absolutely no gain for our nation, which, by the way, the media loved because the media loves the race card and the identity card. The Charlotte Observer, front page of the newspaper today. What would have happened if... Is that really adding to the dialogue today, the day after the riots, to bring our country together by throwing out a hypothetical, which then would cause another debate, which is a useless debate at this point in time? Maybe down the road, that's a fair debate. Not right now, Charlotte Observer. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. Joe Biden, you're supposed to have the maturity. You're old enough to have the maturity to bring down the tension and talk about a united nation, one United States, which you promised to do if you got elected president. You have failed at this point in time in doing that. You need to do what President Trump did 24 hours and reevaluate how you're going to talk to the American people right now. And thank God someone got to President Trump and wrote a new script, which he clearly needed to deliver. Someone wrote your script, Mr. Biden, which was political. It brought up the tensions even more. And it was causing a fight that didn't need to be instituted or initiated at this point in time. Comparing Black Lives Matter riots with this riot. Why? Why are you doing this now? Let's go through a grieving process. First of all, we're grieving for people who have lost their lives because of the virus. We're grieving because a person lost their life, a, a, a public safety official, and another, a rioter who got shot. And I've always said, we grieve for everyone. People who initiate crimes who get killed or injured, I grieve for. And I grieve for their families. And I grieve for this police officer who was working to defend our nation's capital in which people abused our police officers. And I'm ashamed of it. Because I was ashamed of what I saw on the streets of Charlotte and L.A. and Seattle and Portland the same way. Of people abusing authority and attacking police officers headquarters and city halls just like I'm a, I'm offended by people attacking our nation's capital can you imagine if they'd set the capital on fire or if that had been the white house so my message to joe biden and kamala harris is grow up you're now in charge show some maturity Bring the country together. Understand your words do have an impact. 
You're talk not just talking to your base anymore. You're talking to the entire nation. If not you, then who? I'm not sure who the leaders are in our nation right now that have stepped up and tried to unite us except for one person. And I want to credit Mike Pence for his strength of his language and his words, which was the responsible thing to do. And now, Mr. Trump, let Mike Pence back into the White House during this remaining week and let his chief of staff back in the White House. We all need to grow up and mature and bring this nation together. Our Constitution is stronger than any of us. God bless America. 822 on News Talk 1110-993-WBT-704-374-3800. Never too early to get in on the big finish. Brought to you by Rug Source. We do that at the end of next hour. Also next hour, David Chadwick will join us today. But right now, uh, one of the things that started happening yesterday, Governor, is you're starting to see some of these tweets and messages from elected officials across the country that are calling for President Trump to be removed from office or to be impeached. And uh, there were some in North Carolina yesterday. Uh, Representative Alma Adams uh, said as much. Uh, Governor Roy Cooper tweeted this yesterday. This president has betrayed our country and therefore is unfit to lead it. He should resign or be removed from office, unquote. I'm afraid that uh, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and now Roy Cooper are beginning to come across as though they're politically exploiting a very tense situation in our nation. And during the next week and a half, between now and January the 20th, it's time for real leadership to take a deep breath and calm the nation down. And by immediately asking for impeachment or resignations is not calming the situation down. It's obvious that someone finally got to the president and has calmed him down, hopefully, It's obvious that our vice president did his responsible thing to do and gave him a very good speech on the Senate floor and doing his job as vice president. And it's time for the White House and Mark Meadows and Donald Trump to uh, reunite with the vice president and his staff to get through this next week. It's also time for members of the president's team to stay on board. No more resignations between now and January 20th. If anything, we need people around the president to ensure that we can deal with any crisis that might occur between now and January the 20th. Now is not the time to leave the White House, especially the cabinet members, especially those in Homeland Security and Defense, because a crisis could happen between now and January the 20th. And you don't want a White House that is empty. And we need people around the president, which obviously in the last week, he's had the wrong people around him, whether it be Mark Meadows, I don't know, whether it be Don Jr., which is the wrong temperament to have around him at this point in time. You need people around him, as you need anyone around a leader who's emotional and mad and angry, to calm things down and go, wait a minute. And obviously, that happened last night. The president was calming last night. This is a crucial time in the U.S. history. So when a governor sends out a tweet saying this, is he really doing us any good? Or is he just making political points with his base and playing politics with the future? 
in the aftermath of a terrible, terrible event in which emotions are still high. Now, more than anything, we need leaderships on both sides of the aisle to lower, lower the tone, lower the rhetoric, like Mike Pence did. I'm not hearing Democrats do that right now. And it's time for some Democrats to go, let's all take a deep breath, get through this together. Instead of sounding like they're becoming arrogant with power. They're no longer the minority. They're the majority now. Sadly, in the House, the Senate, the presidency. But that doesn't mean you should just roll over the rest of the nation and ignore 70 million people who voted the other way. These were close elections. We need some maturity now that more than ever. Get away from the Twitter. In fact, I think I was just about to write a Twitter saying this is the not the time to exploit the situation. Maybe it's not the time to, to do any more Twitter messages. That's why you have me. No, don't tweet that. <laughs> you know, I did have people around me when I was governor and when I was mayor, when I was angry or upset about a vote or someone cussing me out, and then I'd want to respond. And I had a guy named Boyd Cobble in the mayor's office who I miss dearly. He, he, he passed away several months ago. Had a heart attack, and I, I just miss him dearly. But he'd go, now, Mayor? <laughs> now, Mayor, why don't you put that letter away? This is before Internet, by the way. Why don't you just – why don't you give me that letter? And why don't we put that letter in a little drawer here, Mr. Mayor? And we'll talk about that tomorrow. <laughs> See, that's what Trump needs right now. And that's, frankly, what Pelosi needs. That's what Roy Cooper needs before doing that tweet. Really, does it really help? That the governor of the ninth largest state in the United States of America all of a sudden sends out a tweet about needing the president to resign like his comment will make any damn difference? It won't. And he knows that. Or is he just trying to play someone being on the national stage now? It won't make a bit of difference. And he's not going to do it. Vice President Pence has already said he's not going to invoke the 25th Amendment, which is the right thing to do. Take a breath. Do what Boyd Cobble did for me. Do what my chief of staff did for me and as governor, Thomas Stith. Now, governor, <laughs> why don't we just close the door and why don't you take a little nap here? You're tired, man. <laughs> I need to pull that card more often. Now, governor, <laughs> it's time to go to news. I mean, it's take true. We all have gone through it, right? I've seen tension in the studio and some of these commentators, Anderson Cooper or Cooper Anderson, whatever his name is, and... Jeff Atkinson, they need to calm down. <laughs> or Atkinson Jeff. Yeah, or Atkinson oh, no. Jeff, yeah. whatever it is. You know, I love Jeff Atkinson. You know, he's good. Jeff Atkinson, deep down, is a nice guy. Oh, I could he's a, not hearing us right now. I could now. do a whole segment on Jeff Atkinson. Uh, 828 on WBT. We'll do a little line-by-line line of uh, the, go- of the uh, president's uh, speech last night when we come back. Thirty-seven on WBT, Pat McCrory show on a Friday morning. The governor says, "Take a breath, relax, calm down, let things play out." I talked to David from Asheville during the break. He told me to light some incense, <laughs> turn down the lights, get out your Oriental carpet, sit on the floor. Put your beads on and your ripped blue jeans and your T-shirt. 
Put on your headphones. Listen to the Pat McCrory show. And just, you know, talk about unity. Talk about the future. Talk about how we want to live together for the next decade or two and how we want our constitution to survive. How can we agree to disagree? How can we have meaningful discussion? How can we be problem solvers as opposed to just spouting political rhetoric like we're living a political commercial every minute of the day? Because that's what TV and radio and politics is all about right now. It's just one continual political ad. And I've done political ads. They're kind of a joke. (laughs) They're like an advertising campaign selling Coke or Pepsi. Pepsi generation. What are some of the Coke themes, Bo? Coke is it. Coke is it. I mean, I'd like to buy the world a Coke. I'd like to buy the world a Coke. You know, maybe that's what we do need. Just some peaceful dialogue. A Coke, not some Coke. Because the reason I'm saying this, I, I'm seeing the anger. And I, I was part of that yesterday. I, I was angry yesterday. And it's time for Joe Biden. If anybody can relax, he can because he... You know, I, I need to get Joe off the teleprompter occasionally, too. On, just man. talk from the heart. And and quit bringing up issues that just bring up more tension. Everybody's talking about how Donald Trump may exit Washington. Do do we Are we in agreement that, he, that Joe Biden's actually going to leave Delaware? <laughs> Come on, man! I mean, that's not being talked about enough. When's the last time he left Delaware? <laughs> And Kamala, you've got a role as vice president, the same role that uh, Vice President Pence played the other night. You probably should have told your boss, Mr. Uh, Biden, to say, you know, do you really need to throw that line in about, uh, gosh, what would have happened if, and threw in a racial argument, a hypothetical? Did the Charlotte Observer really need to have a headline in the paper today? about what if the demonstrators in D.C. had been African-American. I don't know the answer to that, and neither do you, although Joe Biden apparently thinks he does, because his question, he answered it within himself. It's irrelevant at this point in time. We need a peaceful transition of power. And I've just reminded myself on this. I've got a microphone here, which I can either ease the tension and talk logically, methodically, in a tone which we need right now of calmness, or I can myself get excited. I'm thinking of my friend Boyd Cobble, my chief of staff as mayor, or my chief of staff, Thomas Stiff, who would be coming in and telling me right now, hey, Pat, you need to calm down because you're a voice that can have an impact. You have a choice. You can either heighten the anxiety or heighten the tension or heighten the anger, or you can calm things down. Remember when you were a teenager and you'd, your hormones would be flying out? And you'd, I hate you, Mom. I hate you, Dad. Now, Governor, are you sure you want to go down this road? Wait a minute. Let me finish this thought. <laughs> I just tried an intervention. 
let me finish this one thought. <laughs> Have you ever had your teenage kids, you know, scream and shout, I hate you. I'll never, I'll never want to be here again. I'll never see you again. I hate that you're my parents. I've heard kids say that. And, you know, after a while, the parents let the tension go and then go in and they do an Opie type thing, Opie intervention, like Andy <laughs> used to do, and say, you know, Opie, I love you, but I got a responsibility as a parent. And, they, and that's what the political leaders and members of the media need to start doing. They need to start acting like a parent right now. That's Donald Trump, Pence, Biden, Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi. Chuck Schumer, and they're not doing it right now. They're they're letting others around them go. You ought to say this, and believe me, I've had that done to me. When you know, I bring all my operatives in my office and go, "What do you think I ought to do?" And there's always one in the room. I'll tell you what you ought to do. <laughs> you ought to kick some butt. You ought to do this. And then I have other people go, "Hold on, just a second. And then what do you do? What do you do after you say that? We need some parents right now, and Joe Biden didn't do his job yesterday as president-elect. He wasn't a parent. He let someone throw something in the teleprompter that was meaningless. The Shaw Observer isn't being a parent today with their headline in the paper. It's just stirring more anxiety at a time when we don't need that anxiety. So to Boyd Cobble and to Thomas Smith, in memory of Boyd Cobble, I'm going to follow his lead. Mayor? Let's speak to the community in a tone which they need to hear right now. And I had to do this during potential riots in Charlotte. I had to do this during potential riots in North Carolina when I was governor. You had to bring the tension down and speak to everyone. Roy Cooper, you need to do that right now instead of sending out a tweet demanding a resignation. Really? Did that do us any good? No, it just raised tensions. It excited your base and discouraged other people who don't approve of that idea. Speaking of tweets, mm-hmm. I was just reading one right here. From, say it uh, calmly, will you? Will you calm Pat down? McCrory. I actually uh, i am going to have to yeah, say I, it I'm after I'm doing the my last tweet. You were to read the tweet. I just sent it out. Well, you, shouldn't we uh, say, coming up next, we'll read your tweet? No, let's quit playing that game, too. Let's <laughs> let's read it now. I'm, gonna, I'm sorry, Steve. <laughs> Steve, I'm sorry. This is more important. Okay, my experiment has failed. <laughs> they're, not, they're not listening to you? They're not listening. <laughs> tell you, this just shows how tension, the tensions are so high. You know, yesterday I was critical of the rioters, and I put it on Facebook, and I got like 3,000 responses, and all of them were negative. How dare you? You know, there's, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then... I just did a thing saying, you know, Obama, uh, I mean, uh, Biden and Pelosi and Schumer aren't doing their job. They're not easing tensions. In fact, I think they're increasing tension on how they're responding at this point in time. I don't like what Roy Cooper just did about, you know, asking that the president be impeached or resign. That's not helping anything at this point in time because he's not going to. So I decided to see it the way uh you know just calm things down Mm -hmm. so hey can we pull out my piano can we pull out my piano because i'm going to read i haven't played the piano this year oh gosh that ebony and ivory feels so good at the tips of my fingers as we start the new year you don't sound rusty at all it's amazing 
And you had said before the break. Just a little bit. It's hard to play while you talk. I'm a little... Okay, you can talk now. I'm getting in the rhythm. Well, you had said mm-hmm. that we, we needed to have a, an Andy Opie conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hence the Andy Griffin. And I was just thinking of my good friend Boyd Cobble, who I miss dearly, and Thomas Stiff, my chief of staff, who's now going to be head of the community college system, what they would be saying to me. And they'd be telling me to take a deep breath if I were... Chuck Schumer, or if I was Nancy Pelosi, or if I was Donald Trump, just take a deep breath and let the nation breathe. See how this music is calming? And so the tweet that this music produced is as follows. You want, I'll read the tweet, and you read can it? read the responses. Okay, but I'm warning you now, I'm going to change the music when I do the responses. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to play like Metallica. Oh no! Or something. Oh no! I have it ready. In fact, here's a preview. Well, can we go back to my piano? That hold on, just a second. Hold out the grand piano here. Look. You kind of got me off there a little bit. This just, is what I said in my tweet. I'm just, just foreshadowing. <laughs> I'm sure now Boyd Cobble would be saying, "Why did you send out that tweet?" <laughs> I said the following in my tweet. I ask all political leaders and media leaders to take a deep breath and let us all get through the next weeks free of violence, tension, coarse language, and political threats, and and help with the peaceful transition of power and let our Constitution survive. And now get off Twitter. (laughs) So I sent that out no more than, what, five minutes ago? Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm getting some uh, activity, which is, um, would you like, to, you, I'll let you read some of the tweets, which I want to see how you handle the language in some of them. <laughs> let me stop my piano. Hold on. I'll bring mine back up here. Uh, one response says, eat blank, clown. You are just as complicit as the GOP in D.C., you flamed the fire the past four years. Now get ready to accept your legacy. Ooh, so this is the revenge. This is the revenge. We're now in charge. We're going to take you down. Yeah, that's. I'm seeing a little bit of that among the Democrats. They're going to be bad winners. They're spiking the ball. Okay, do you want to read another one here? How about the first one? That's kind of funny. Bite that's- me, you socialist. <laughs> Okay, you could have said that a little calmer. Hey, that's how Danny Fontana would have said it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm this trying a, to stay calm and not respond. This one's a little bit more subdued, at least yes. language-wise. Don't be a rhino. Help us recall Roy Cooper. Hmm. How about the first one? Do you see the first one? The one that starts with a dude? <laughs> Uh, Let's see. Dude, politicians who supported or encouraged insurrection rather than the electoral process deserve political fallout. So this is the revenge factor. See, this is the problem with winning. When you win, do you spike the ball in the other person's face or are you a gracious winner? And that's going to be a big issue for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer now. Are they going to be gracious, or are they going to do what their base wants them to do and take no prisoners? Take no frickin' prisoners. (laughs) Spartacus. I am Spartacus. (laughs) I mean, this is going to be, this could be our 
And you see, once you stir up the emotions, and I saw some of these protesters, both at Black Lives Matter and the ones in the Capitol, there were some protesters there that I don't think had any intention to go into the Capitol, but they followed the mob, and therefore they became part of the mob. Their emotions led them to illogical decisions, which are going to have major ramifications for not only a country, but they should go to jail. And so should the rioters in Portland and Seattle. Some of the rioters came, I think. Some of the, most of the people there, as, as the liberals would say, most of the people were peaceful. <laughs> Remember that with CNN? Most of the rioters were peaceful. Well, they're not saying that now, although logically you could say most of them were peaceful and did not go into the building. But those that did go in the building, did they really intend to go hit our police officers? No, they got caught up in the emotion. There was no maturity. There were no parents around these people going, wait a minute, take a breath. Do you know what you're doing? Now, Governor. What? Travis says. Travis. That, that's great advice. I got Travis. Travis. Thank you, Trav. Is. <laughs> now, um, that's all he said? That's great yeah, that's advice? that's all he said. Now, uh, unfortunately, uh, I could scroll down, but it says, show additional replies, including those that may contain offensive comments. <laughs> well, well, let's read some of those. Uh, Are they all coming in Maybe now? we should read those during the break and decide whether we can read those on the air. Good idea? Fair? Okay, was your vehicle damaged? Yeah, the dented it pretty bad on the roof. Time to play the game! I want to make sure you don't do this to anyone else. Keep up the good work, guys. Thank you very much for being an entertaining and somewhat funny in the morning. 14 years as Charlotte Mayor. Gov, how are you, baby? Good to be on. Four years as NC Governor. Listen, Pat, it's like being a weatherman, you know? <laughs> I get to go on and say something. If I'm wrong, they still bring me back. I, you know, I'm that way every day now. Behind the scenes conversations. It's fantastic, but I'm never wrong. That's the only difference. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that about you. <laughs> no talking points. You got that sweater vest and everything? Oh, I'm wearing, I've got uh, pads on my jacket, my tweed jacket. WBT presents. I've got a goatee and a mustache, and I smoke a pipe now. The Pat McCrory Show. <laughs> so, And that's just on the radio show. <laughs> with Bo Thompson. Mornings with the governor. Children demanded it, but go ahead. <laughs> you know, one thing we're trying to do, Bo Thompson, is during these tense times, and I've never felt so tense and angry. Now, now governor... Oh, you're interrupting me. <laughs> you've, you've given me a new tool. <laughs> you know, one thing we're trying to do is add is humor on this show, too, because everything, everyone's just up in arms and angry and upset. You know, I'm upset about us losing Georgia. I'm upset about the riots and take over the Capitol. I'm upset at Joe Biden and Kamala Harris for... I thought making outrageous comments yesterday. So I'm trying to play a role in, with this microphone of going, wait a minute, what do we all need to be doing right now? We need to be thinking long term. As uh, What I plan to do on this radio show until I'm fired after today, probably, <laughs> is I'm, I plan to get back to the discussion of policies which are going to impact the next generation, fiscal policy, immigration policy, trade policy. 
something that no one is talking about right now. I have no idea where Joe Biden stands on anything because he got through an entire campaign not talking about the issues. Well, he did during the primary, and then he just stopped once he got to the general election. And um, But we got to get through the next couple of weeks here between now and the swearing-in ceremony, and I'm pleading with the, the Democrats that, one, don't spike the ball. Don't spike the ball in the other person's face. It's like when I used to referee basketball. You did? Yeah. I, have I told you about that? I, but there was a rule among us referees. Whenever you called a technical, you know, and emotions were high, a player or a coach was screaming and all emotional and lost their logic and screaming and cussing at the referee or someone else, when you threw a technical, what you didn't want to do was escalate the situation. So when I'd call a technical, I wouldn't throw the T right in the coach's face. You know, go, oh, that's a technical, and yell back at him. Because guess what that would do? That would mean he get would... A, get res- him a double te- technical. Next thing you know, you got a double technical, and I'm getting home later at night because I have more free throws, and the clock doesn't run while you do free throws. <laughs> So what you do is calmly give a technical, even go, Coach, I'm going to have to give you a technical, and boom, just, just do it. Instead of throwing, you know, throwing the T down, you can see me right now. Your radio audience gets, but, you know, you don't do the T. I'll give you a technical. All you do is no. make the – and then you, get the, then you get the fans mad, and they walk out on the court. Next thing you know, you're in a fight. Why am I thinking of Gene Hackman? Take me out of the game. Just take me out of the game. Yeah. But do you understand the logic that I'm trying to explain to you? See, I, I've been through these emotional events as a referee, as a – and Duke Power Storms. I used to work the 24-hour storm. My power's out. My God, you better get it turned back on. <clears throat> and the worst thing I could do is yell back at the person, we're trying. <laughs> Damn it, why don't you go come out here? We've been working 24 hours straight. We had it slipped, and you're yelling at me? Light a candle. Yeah, I mean, it's so easy to come back. Just like on these tweets. You know, here I just did a a beautiful tweet going, can't we all calm down? And, you know, we get responses. Bite me. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. Bite me, you socialist. Yeah. Yeah, they had to throw in the socialist part, which I have to now come back. No, I'm not. (laughs) Yes, you are. Wait a minute. That's the type of dialogue we're having with you. Adam says... Thank you, Pat, for trying to lower tensions. See, this is what I try to do as a referee. I learned this as a basketball referee doing actually church league games at Hickory Grove Baptist Church where the tensions were right when they did the prayer. Whenever they did the prayer before the game, may we pray that we have a peaceful game. Next thing I know, we'd be having, it's like they were forgiving themselves for what they were about to do. And I have to talk to the coaches, like, hey, coach, y'all just did a prayer where, you know, you're being role models now. And, and they go, you're right. You know, you just calm things down. Your, your players were about to have a fight. This was at Hickory Grove Baptist Church. When, by the way, the, the gym was very small and the kids would run into the walls and everything. I digress. <laughs> but we all have responsibility in our families, in our community, as political leaders, police. Can you imagine being these police officers during these riots, both during the Black Lives Matter riots and during the riots uh, at the Capitol? These people who were hitting the police officers and that one jerk who was walking up the stairs and that one lonely police officer with a baton, he almost looked like Barney Fife, the poor guy. You see this baton? I'm going to hit you. And then he runs up the next level of stairs. Have you seen that video? 
That I poor have. guy and that one jerk keeps challenging him and disrespecting the uniform of that security guard who's probably making $15 an hour. And that jerk did not respect the uniform or the laws. John, do you know what jerk I'm talking about? Have you seen him? I haven't seen it yet. You uh-uh. haven't seen that video of this one guy who Mm-mm. has a crowd behind him, and he's like the leader. And there's this one lone African-American male police officer with a stick. I don't think he had a gun. He had a stick. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've seen it. And he'd go, don't come any further, and then he'd back up, and mm-hmm. the guy would move forward. Then he'd go up the next flighters, don't come any further. And I felt so sorry for that guy. And it was because we were showing disrespect for that officer. And all those people are behind that instigator were going, oh, this is fun. We're, we're challenging authority of a guy getting $15 an hour, risking his life to, to, to defend a building of our democracy, of our republic. Now, look at this. It was in, inexcusable. Laura on Twitter. And, mm-hmm. But... The clapping uh, emoji. Thank you, Laura. Four times. Thank you, Laura. And then, Tell uh, Laura I love her. The next guy says, <laughs> delete your account. <laughs> Can you get to the one where it shows show more replies? that um... <laughs> Show additional replies, including those that may contain offensive content. Uh-huh. After a football game or basketball game, and now after a political election, a lot of times you'll hear this type of song or chant while the losers are waiting to collect the second place medals. The winners are celebrating and giving high fives and drinking champagne and sticking their fist up in the air and thanking God and putting on their gold medals and doing TV commercials, I'm going to Disneyland, while the winners, the losers, are sitting on the bench with their head down and the towel over their face. Can't you picture that right now? You know, the NCAAs. Yeah, what do the refs do? The refs get the heck out of there. (laughs) (laughs) And decompress. Yeah. Have I told you I was a referee before? I heard somebody (laughs) said that the other day, and I meant to ask you about it. We'll talk about it at another point. Anyway, so the question is, the good coaches who win a game often go, hey, guys, don't go in front of the losing team and spike the ball or give them the finger and say, I told you so. And <laughs> because then a fight might break out because there's only so much that you can take. So the big question is, Joe Biden, is Kamala Harris, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, are they going to spike the ball now? Are they going to spike the ball in front of 70 million voters who didn't vote to support this effort and go, we're going to do what the hell we please and we're going to get as much as we can done because that's what y'all did? Well, I think the answer is yes. They're going to spike the ball and they're even spiking the ball, kind of taking advantage of the riots from yesterday. They're going to, you know, why waste a political opportunity or a tragedy? Why waste a good political moment? 
And I think they're starting to do that. In fact, the mayor of Washington, D.C. yesterday did a press conference. Here, here, one of the police officers died. We had one of the rioters died. We had three other rioters die of other health reasons. And what's the first thing the mayor talks about? Statehood. Not giving the city a chance to breathe, but immediately going, we need statehood, and I want the power to call the National Guard as part of that statehood. And by the way, we want two state senators, and I will probably be, want to be one of those state senators. And Nancy Pelosi now is going, that's a great idea. We want statehood, which would make the majority for Democrats be 52 senators instead of 50. That's part of spiking the ball. There's probably only one person who can stop it from happening, and that's the senator from West Virginia, Joe Manchin who's one of the only conservative Democrats left in the United States Senate. He's going to be the most powerful person in the United States Senate. And I guarantee you there might even be some Republicans right now going, have you thought about changing parties? Which would really upset the apples and the status quo in the Senate right now, especially since Georgia went to the Democrats and Kamala Harris is breaking the tie. But what else are the things where... Spiking the ball, what will the Democrats do? Well, first of all, they're spiking the ball, asking for the impeachment of President Trump with only two weeks to go in his administration. Kind of spiking the ball. It's like spiking the ball before the clock has run out, right? Wow. That's an amazing assessment by Bo Thompson, the hardest working guy in radio. Yeah, it took me about an hour and a half. Yeah, that's even worse. Spiking the ball before the clock runs out. Or... As some people do, football players spike the ball before they cross the goal line. <laughs> and that's rather embarrassing, right? You've seen that happen. Uh-huh. Or dunking the ball, you know, trying to do a quadruple drunk on a fast ba- break and then missing the dunk. Yeah, missing the dunk. It's kind of awkward. So are they going to do a double somersault dunk, Nancy Pelosi, and go... I've been wanting to do this to you all my life, Donald Trump. Like she tore up the speech. Or are they going to show maturity and try to unite this nation when it's divided 50-50? It's divided 50-50. The Senate is 50-50. And Kamala Harris is the referee. Wow. (laughs) So other issues. Uh, Statehood for Washington, D.C. Packing the Supreme Court. High taxes, increasing taxes on such things as your stocks, which the stock market's doing well now because, oh, New York's happy right now. You'd think New York wouldn't be happy, but they're expecting more government money, debt money being thrown into the economy for short-term stimulus. They like that. The stock market likes that. Worry about debt later when they're dead and their grandkids are having to deal with it. So sometime down the road, we'll be talking about those issues that the Democrats will be spiking the ball on, which um, I really am not looking forward to. When we come back, what a week it's been. David Chadwick is going to join us to react to that. And, and he has to react some, to my tweet. And he has some really, really, really good news. Uh, we need good news. To end this week on. So he yes. will help us do that next. And the big finish follows that. And wait a minute. I got good news for some of our listeners. Four. Chuck Todd's not going to be on. I wanted Chuck Todd on, but... <laughs> He's uh, on TV right now, can't come on our show. So those who typically leave us at 920, 
can stick around. Those who like to hear that perspective can still stick around because David Chadwick's coming on. Who's coming up in the news department? Nice segue. Jeff Atkinson. <laughs> oh, Jeff Atkinson. Oh, he's better than Chuck anyway. <laughs> Well, now more than anything, we need to come together as a nation. That doesn't mean we need to agree on politics. That doesn't mean we need to agree on policy, but we do need to agree on the Constitution and long-term survival of the greatest country in the world we call the United States of America. And i, I got to say, we did something that uh, united Charlotte during the holidays, and we have a final announcement on the money that so many of our listeners uh, help contribute to to feed the city and feed the region. And David Chadwick, I'm so proud of your leadership of this effort. Well, thank you, Pat and Bo, for agreeing to do it. It was quite an endeavor. Uh, you know, the, the church I pastor, Moments of Hope Church, gave initially $50,000. Then the listening audience met that. Then it went beyond $100,000, and we met that. And it's my pleasure to be able to tell all of your listeners that as the money has continued to trickle in, uh, the number of dollars that have been given right now is in excess of two hundred and thirty thousand dollars wow that's just amazing guys i mean what a great city we live in and you know amidst all of the political discord that is existing right now and the hearts of people hurting uh, many people came together and said there's a greater cause and that is loving our neighbor and we committed to feed hungry people uh, in this area, and it's just been an amazing endeavor. Two hundred and thirty plus thousand dollars. Well, I want to I want to compliment you, and it's not about the money; it's about the food that that those dollars will buy, helping kids uh, fill their stomach. Uh, and I, I just I, it was fun being a part of. Uh, Bo, thank you very much. John, thank you very much. Jeff, thank you. Thank you all part of the team. And, and more than anyone, thanks to David Chadwick, Charlotte's minister, David Chadwick. Speaking about ministers, um, Franklin Graham uh, yesterday put a statement out. First of all, Franklin Graham, I want to compliment him, too, where he's helping set up a hospital in western North Carolina and to help with the COVID. And I compliment him so much. What him and Samaritan's Purse is doing is fantastic. But he also made sure that we pray for the new president, even though he's a big Trump supporter. So from a faith perspective, as we go through this transition of power and we had the riots and we have this anger pent up, what, what from a faith standpoint do you tell our audience? Which, by the way, many of them have written me some very strong negative notes on my Facebook about things I said about the riots and violence. And from a faith perspective, what would you say? Well, I think, first of all, Pat, about the riots, I would say from the Scripture, Hosea chapter 8, verse 7, if you sow the wind, you reap the whirlwind. If you sow violence, you beget by violence. So we can't ever, ever support violence. We, we need to walk in peace and love, even if it's in great opposition to people we disagree with. Uh, we need to understand that. Uh, but secondly, from now, one we can call President-elect Joe Biden, uh, the Scripture is pretty clear. First Timothy 2 says, pray for those who are in authority over us. And I prayed for uh, President Obama, I prayed for Donald Trump, and now I pray for President-elect Joe Biden. That and I pray for Roy Cooper, exactly the person who defeated me. I pray for Roy Cooper and his staff, because I know what they're going through. I disagree with what they're doing in many cases, but 
I pray for him and our state. Exactly, Pat. And, and would you not want God's favor, wisdom, and understanding to be given to all of those in authority over us? I mean, that's what we pray for. We can disagree with their policies, but we pray they would have wisdom to understand what's best for all of us. And I'm praying for Donald Trump right now. I, I, I'm Wall Street Journal article I've been reading it during the break talks about he's almost alone at this point in time. People are leaving. And if anything, people need to be around him right now that uh, make a difference and, and calm him and build him back up because he's still the leader, and he will be a leader after he leaves office, whether you agree with him or not. So, Yeah, Pat, he, he, he's a strong influence on the Republican Party, whether Republicans like it or not. His voice will still be heard. But you're correct, too. You and I both know what it's like to go through a disappointment in life. And yeah. It's at that time that you need others the most. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, for those in our audience who've lost a job, you know, and you're bitter and you're mad and you're, you know, angry at your bosses who ever fired you right now, there's that anger within the White House. And I think we saw some of that. Yeah. And there's anger among some of his supporters, that which carried into violence, which is unacceptable. But you and I have been through job transitions but and publicly on the front page of the newspaper, and it gets to you. And that's when you need people around, around you and go, Take a deep breath. <laughs> Appreciate yeah, grace. Right. And, you know, Pat, it's wonderful, too, to have uh, a great spouse and, and mm -hmm. family and friends who say to you, you're not that person. <laughs> you know, that how you've been painted to be, that's really not you. We live with you every day, and that's not who you are. And I hope that President Trump has his family especially, but other friends who've not deserted him to come around him and, and care for him and love him because – you know, you really know who's your friend during life crises, and those who come around you are your true friends. Everybody else is a mere acquaintance. Yeah, now, I'm not going to criticize all people who walked away. They wanted to send a message, but I hope those who walked away are also calling him and saying, I want to help you now. But I hope no more cabinet officials especially walk away, because we've got to run government right now. Right. <laughs> and 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 we need each other. I mean, we need each other, especially in crises, and he needs these folks around him to complete the next, what, 13, 14 days of office. He's yeah. got to have that. In fact, we were talking to his former chief of staff, uh, Mick Mulvaney, yesterday, and he was going, some of the people around him, he needs people to counter his uh, public brainstorming or anger to go, wait a minute. And I had those people around me at times when I was mayor at Boyd Cobble I talked about earlier today. When I'd get upset about something, he'd go, hey, Mayor, hold on a minute. Now, hold on. Take a deep breath. Hmm. And yeah. I think Mick all but said, you know, he, he hadn't, he done, the president doesn't have those people around him right now right. who kind of play a little devil's advocate and take the emotion out of it. Yeah. Well, Pat, you know as well as I do, when you're emotionally distraught, mm -hmm. you can say things that you wouldn't normally say. And, and we do this in relationships, don't we, <laughs> with our kids, yeah. with our spouses? And, and, and President Trump has a quick trigger anyway, so you can yeah. imagine what it's like now. So even more so does he need friends around him to say, hey, take a deep breath. That's a great phrase. And so, take look, a deep breath. Don't, 
Don't do that. Well, I said that on Twitter today. We all need to take a deep breath. You should have heard my res- the response I got. Eat me. You know, and stuff like this. It was horrible. Actually, bite, bite me. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So I apologize. Uh, well, look, I want to bring this back around to where we started uh, <laughs> because we do, after a week like this, need to focus on, uh, on a hopeful message. And David Chadwick, for so many years on this station, has been able to help us do that perhaps better than anybody else. And so, again, uh, when we talked about two months ago in this very room, and David, you were here that day with us, and we talked about and introduced the City of Hope CLT campaign. We talked about the goal being being to raise $50,000 to fight hunger uh, during the holiday season towards the end of the year. And uh, you told us then that Moments of Hope Church would, would match uh, what WBT listeners were able to raise. And uh, if you just joined us moments ago, David gave us the final total, which is uh, not $50,000. It was $230,000, wow. $690.88. So uh, after this week, I just want that to sink in. And before we let you go, David, we should also mention, in addition to WBT and Moments of Hope Church, we should mention the Charlotte Rescue Mission, the Camino Community Center, the King's Kitchen, names like Tony Marciano and Jim Noble. And I know you have a few more to add to that, but this is really something remarkable that has been done. I'm not surprised, but uh, it's, it's what WBT listeners do. It is, and Rusty Price is the head of the Camino uh, Community Church, and he's doing a lot of the feeding in the north side of town. We purposefully looked at the west side, the center city, and the north side to help feed people because those are the places of a greatest need right now, and it's just been extraordinary to see this happen. Bo and Pat, what I would say to everyone is, you know, I know people have their strong partisan politics, and you know what? It is what it is. The Democrats have won. But here's the deal. There's still hungry people in our community. There are people in need in our community. Could we move beyond all come together for a greater cause? And that's to love our neighbor. We're better together. And if we would do that, somehow I think we could unite all of us on the different sides. Because when you look at a child who's hungry, that takes precedent over everything, in my opinion. But $230,000 raised is just amazing. It's astounding. And I just want to congratulate all the WBT listeners and you and Pat uh, for your help in, I think, achieving a great goal. Well, we came together. God bless you. Dave Chadwick, Charlotte's minister, City of Hope. you guys. And thank you for letting me be a part of this wonderful uh, expression of love. David Chadwick Show, Sunday, 8 a.m. right here on WBT. Wait a minute. I'm going to say one other thing. Thanks, brother. I'm going to continue to use the word brother. I think you left him speechless. I know. I'm still here. No, <laughs> I, no, we're, we're still part of the larger family, that's for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'll consider you guys brothers for sure. Coming Thanks. up, the big finish, 704-374-3800. All right, eight minutes in front of 10 o'clock here. Vince Coakley Show coming up. The Big Finish is brought to you by Rug Source. Save up to 80% off at Rug Source. Visit the brand new Rug Source showroom today, I 77 and Harris Boulevard, or go to rugsource.com. Yeah, thanks a lot for your sponsorship of The Big Finish, my favorite part of the program where we get to listen to our loyal and new listeners. Governor, good morning. Uh, I believe in President Donald Trump. I believe he was great for America. I do not believe in the Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumers of the world. But I also do not believe that those were Trump supporters that initiated and went with that unfettered, unbelievable conduct at the Capitol complex. Did some of them take uh, participate as a ride-along? You're darn straight they did. Uh, there were some instigators of the violence. 
And it looked like it was pre-planned. They, they had maps on the internet of how to get in and how to get out, but I'm sorry, anyone who followed the instigators is part of the problem. You can't, it's like they drove the getaway car, you're still convicted, and they participate in the violence, and there's no excuse for the assault on the police officers, the destruction of property, and really the attack toward our democracy, and I felt the same way when our police headquarters were attacked in Charlotte here when I had to call the National Guard. No excuse for anybody. There's no excuse. I don't... I don't play this card that someone talked him into it. Hey, Pat, we are so glad that Tr- President Trump finally came to his senses after inciting a riot after four hours later. But he reminds me of O.J. Simpson. He says uh, these uh, people will be punished. He, he reminds me of O.J. Simpson. O.J. said he won't rest until he finds the killer. You get the point. Have a good day. That's... <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that comparison to OJ. <laughs> Interesting, but I disagree. But thank you for your feedback. Yes, Pat, this is your 4B listener. Listen, I thought that Joe Biden and all his wacko cronies kept screaming for the last year, no walls, no walls, tear down the walls. There'll be no walls. We don't need walls. And now they're going to build a seven-foot wall all the way around the White House. Why the walls? Why not, you know, just let everybody in just like we do at the the border? It doesn't make any difference how many hundred thousand. Just let them in. There you go, calling out hypocrisy. (laughs) Yeah, they're building a wall around the Capitol right now for the inauguration. Some walls are politically correct and other walls apparently are not. I would love to ask all you Trump supporters... Where is all your outrage? More people died because of Trump's actions on Tuesday than died at Benghazi. Where's the Where's the outrage? Yesterday, what you said about violence was dead on. I agree with you 100%. Uh, I've expressed outrage. I don't know about the Benghazi figure. Um, the ambassador died. I think several other people died in the Benghazi. But uh, there's outrage. There's no doubt about it. There's outrage. In fact, I could argue... There's been a lot more Republican leaders express outrage. In fact, I've heard almost no Republican leaders not express outrage, as opposed to Democrat leaders expressing outrage about the violence that's been occurring throughout our nation during the past year in our cities. Good morning, Governor and Bo. I'm appalled at the violence that's happened in our nation at the Capitol and all this year. But we've been gaslighted for a whole year by the news media and the Democrats that somehow violence is protesting. And now they're appalled. Yes, but uh, you can't play the victim. You can't play the victim card there. It, it's I, I blame the people who fell for it. <laughs> Morning, Governor. I think some of the rhetoric and the blame should go to the Democrats. Also, if they had just allowed inspection of some of the voting machines, or looked at some of the signatures that were requested, this thing could have just passed over a long time ago. Uh, The only people who should be blamed for the violence are the people who participated in the violence. I said that during the Black Lives Matter, and I say that today. There's no excuse for participating in violence unless it's defending your own home or a country called upon by your leaders. I'd like to buy the world some coke <laughs> and keep me company. 
I'll call my friends from Oregon to share that with me. And I would call David from Asheville to bring some more to me. He's got a pretty good voice. (laughs) Another David from Asheville fan. I think he doesn't sound like the Grateful Dead enough. Can we compare that to the other one? The one we just heard? Yeah. I don't think we have time. I'd like to buy the world some Coke and keep me company. I'll call what a my great way to end the week. To share that with me. And I would call David from Asheville to bring some more to me. This is what we need right now. I was going to say, come together, but no, this, this is perfect. Is so much better. Everyone take a deep breath. Have a drink of sugar free Coca Cola or Pepsi or Mountain Dew or That's you. Dr. Pepper. Or chair wine made right in Salisbury, North Carolina. Pat McCrory, the real thing. Bo, Bo Thompson, the choice of a new generation. <laughs> Have a great weekend, everybody.